Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to another pristine episode of the Highly Taken Podcast. We've got episode 13, the lucky number. Here I am, David Siebert, back again from Tallahassee, Florida. Christian Smith, back from the town of Delaware. Hey, Nick Smith, back here in Jacksonville. Hey, let's get it, guys. It's, it's just so much better with the opening of a can, Nick. It's yeah, really, it's really bugging me, man. It's really bugging me. All right, I'll bring, it back. bring it back. I need, the, back. A, I need the ASMR episode 14. All right, I'll bring it back. You're right. I started something. I keep with it. All right, so we're going to go uh, with the dubs and charges, <clears throat> punishment and results. As you know, we pick nine games in a tiebreaker throughout the weekend and see how we do. Nick is looking to not lose. Will he break the streak today? He's the only one who knows that answer, so go ahead and tell us. Yeah, so... Guys, I got to say, man, this is a good weekend. Um, oh, boy. I, I will say the uh, another game being postponed two weeks in a row kind of screws everything yeah. up. Granted, <clears throat> we did pick, you know, the, the first game, which obviously you need to if it's a Saturday being played on a Sunday. Um, coming in second place was David with six. Let's go. I'm safe. I'm safe. Uh, you're screwed, so, Christian. You're screwed. There's no so, way. I will say that's pretty good. That's commendable. That's pretty good. I got to say it paid off for me this week, guys. I got <laughs> seven right. Let's go. I got seven Let's... right this week at first place. Christian, Damn. dude, you got five, man. Feel the wrath, man. I got five Damn. last week and I still lost. We and all had a let really me, good week. Let me, t- let me, let me tell you this way. Uh, our tiebreaker game, mm-hmm. right? Both of you picked the twins to win, right? Christian yeah. picked the twins to win four, three. David, you picked the Twins to win 6-5. I picked the Tigers to win 5-3. Final score, Tigers 6-4. I would have won the tiebreaker even if he would have tied that. So, I had a good week. I feel Nick, good. Nick found ah. out that the only way to actually win is stealing your body's answers and changing a couple of them. I changed only first. a couple. I changed only a couple. I it's think my first loss of the season, boys. This is the second. No, it's my first, isn't it? Wait, have I lost every single week? I no, I lost the first week. Oh, and I okay. haven't, and I've never lost. Hey, second place is a good spot to be most of the time, and you haven't won yet, but you've gotten second. But I know, this I week, won. I was right the second the whole way. I was so happy to finally get it done, man. It was oh, I couldn't wait to tell you guys the results of this. Oh so, my god! Based on that, uh, Christian, go ahead, go ahead and do your thing, man. I want to, I want to see it. I'm I'm just more interested. I feel like at some points, um, we should we should keep a whole tally to see who's like done the best throughout the weeks here. Um, of course, I'm not sure if Nick's kept those numbers well enough to be able to. Well, I can tell you right now, it's David, Christian, then me. If if we're if we're going like you get a uh, a point if you oh like a one in, two three system yeah no not a one two three system like a one two zero system one two zero I mean yeah the same, it'd be the same math but yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta say, well, while we're going into that, we might as well get get it over with now with my punishment. Um, yes, sir, baby. Oh, would you like to remind everybody what your bet was, Nick? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I said Cameron Young would at least finish tied for tenth. He was in a good spot to get it done on Sunday. Uh, he was he was at even par. You know, he was at twentieth overall. The dude went out there and shot plus three in the final round and just absolutely murdered get it. the bad and uh don't get me started on that rory not rory ricky uh, ricky had a great week but who he, won uh it, it was uh was it mcelroy there's like um it started with an m right come on 
McLovin. Michael Wyham, Wyham, something like that. It was it was Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark. Okay. Yes. Uh, We'll get we'll get into that a little later. I want to I want to get into that a little later on that. Um, Into you a little later. Oh, I love it. Bring it on. We're living in Alabama, guys. Um, But I hate it. But my punishment was to drink straight lemon juice. Uh, So you're drinking straight lemon juice during June. So here you go. Yeah, that's it. That's a, uh, I guess Christian was right. It is more yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, you guys ready? I'm not. Dude, that's gonna be so bad for you. All right. I guess while we're waiting, um, again, we are trying to find some football content with both college and NFL not starting for several months here. It's <laughs> not liking that. <laughs> um, so we're going to I do. I feel like that top- is. I feel, yeah. hold on. I just, I just want to say, I feel like that is nowhere near equivalent to me having to wear a dress an entire episode. I just want to say that well, was well, slight least, work. And these that might not affect your like taste uh, buds. I David, mean, if you, uh, if you lose this week, I or you know your bet because it's your week to bet. So if you lose this That's week, true. I gotta, I gotta step it up. I gotta step up. Uh, I, gotta fix I feel like I've, I probably have had the weakest punishments on losing my bets. I feel. Well, uh, you. I, the hot sauce is pretty hot, but like I've had some pretty weak punishments. Maybe. Um, but um, like I was saying, we're going to do the top 10 linebackers. Now, the preference we all talked about, we're talking straight traditional linebacker. We're not talking about Bosa and Khalil Mack, who are basically defensive ends that they claim as outside linebackers. So we're going to do our top 10 currents. And we always let the ladies go first. So, Christian, start with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Though, I mean, you could argue with how much he was dropped in the past coverage this year. Uh, Reddick is a traditional <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> but, Let's go. That's true. Yeah. Now, starting off here on the list at number 10, uh, I'm going to go with Nick Bolton from Kansas City. Uh, I mean, this played the linebacker position so well since he's been drafted here in 2021. Uh, I mean, he's one of the most secure tacklers in the league, uh, and he's efficient with both the pass and the run. Just one of the all-around, well, more formed players, uh, and that's going to start off the top ten list. Coming at number nine, I'm going to go Tremaine Edmonds, now on the Bears. Uh, he's been, you know, he's going to be a big part of this new look Bears defense. Um, he doesn't always have, I mean, well, not always, but he doesn't have as big as a uh, frame as most of his other fellow players at linebackers do, but his speed and his knack for the ball uh, really helps take him over the edge. He just came over from Buffalo, and he always played great over in Buffalo. Uh, and I think I think he's really going to help out here in Chicago. And he's going to go at the nine spot. Number eight is now his counterpart, T. Edwards. Uh, huge season this past year in Philadelphia. Uh, and because of that, he was rewarded with a nice contract from the Bears, though it wasn't bigger than Edmonds, I don't believe. But one way or another, Edmonds is going to play a huge role this year in that defense. He's going to be the Michael linebacker for them more than likely. He's a very good run-stuffing linebacker, but a more probably one of the best tacklers in the league that we saw this year. I mean, this this guy's a stud. I like it. Wisconsin Pittsburgh came to Philly, bought out, and now you know I mean he's now over in uh, Chicago. I think it's going to fare out very well for them over there. What was it, seven? Right, ten, eight. Yeah. Number seven. Yeah, I know, right? Good for me. Coming to number seven, uh, I got Dre Greenlaw from the 49ers. Uh, This is going to be just one of the two linebackers sitting in the top ten that play on the 49ers. And that's what helps this defense become what it is. I mean, he is a guy who you have to game plan around. 
Uh, he's created a brutal front, like a he's become a brutal force for that front seven over there in uh, San Fran. I mean, he's a, and he's really good in the pass coverage. I think that's what's going to be able to be the biggest locks for them there. Six, Baltimore. Uh, I think this is a guy that can really who? do a lot. He can Wait, rush. hold on. Who? I'm assuming Roquan. You, yeah, you so I was thinking Roquan too, but it cut uh, out. So my fault. Yeah, Roquan Smith. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that can do everything more or less. He can rush. He can run stuff. He can play well in the pass coverage. Just a year ago, I mean, this was a humongous addition to the Ravens and their defense, and it's going to continue trying to. Over there, so he's going to continue to play well in the defense. Um, but the only issue I have with him, and I, I it's a good pick, is Patrick Queen's right there with him. Um, mm-hmm. but they're looking to get rid of him too. So if they get rid of Patrick Queen, he's going to have a tough time back there being, I think, solely I one think of the Roquan, best. Linebackers. I think Roquan is one, I mean, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your take on that is, Nick, but I that's what I believe. Uh, I believe it cut out, so I I can't agree with you. Oh, it cut out again. Yeah, you're you're having very touchy. It's okay. It. Just what do you you, th- you think he's going to be a, one of the best? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I just said I think he's a better he's a better linebacker than Queen. No, no, he hundred percent is. I, I'm not taking away from him. I'm just oh. saying when you have another linebacker back there to help you. You know, right. I, being you the sole guy, if Patrick Queen's gone, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough. It's going to be harder. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I love the pick. Starting here at the, into the top five now, uh, at number five, it's going to be Demario Davis uh, for the Saints. This is a guy that I believe plays the Mike linebacker better than more or less anybody uh, in the NFL. He's probably one of the in the game, in the run stuff, and can be a force in coverage. Also, probably the most secure tackler in the league at this moment. Uh, I mean, I feel like if this guy's not in your top five, your list is not made correctly, in my opinion. Number four is going to be Levante David. Uh, I think this guy has an amazing combination of speed and size that has been on display for years now in Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, he's basically been a cornerstone of this defense for years and years now. He's always played at a high level. And even this past year at age 32, he recorded over 85 solo tackles. I mean, or I'm sorry, not 82. Wow. Age 32, he's recorded over 85 solo tackles. Uh, I mean, the guy's not slowing down. He's playing very well. Have him at the four spot. All right. I'm interested. I'm interested. I I mean, there's one name I feel like he's going to be missing because I'm looking at my top five and there's one you have not said in it. So I'm going to be interested. Yeah, same here. That's fine. Coming out at number three, uh, that's going to be Bobby Wagner. Now, he's coming off a season just a year ago where he was the top-rated middle linebacker, uh, and age is appearing to be just a number for this guy. At 32, he's shown no signs of slowing down. An absolute field general. Uh, I mean, he took a one-season hiatus and went over. That's came a- back that's in Seattle. A- I think it's going to help. Yeah, it's a long one, but He's gonna come back, bro. He's gonna help this young and upcoming defense. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 lagged out for like five straight seconds. Oh, oh did I? I'm loving it. I'm Where loving I it. Where did I leave off on that? Where did I lag out? No, you're good. We we figured it out towards the end. Um, I don't know, man. You need to adjust that McDonald's Wi-Fi over there. All right, go ahead. Finish you it up. You did say I'm loving it, so I'm loving it. Number two, uh, Darius Leonard. Uh, I think the biggest thing here, though, 
for him is going to be the injury uh, or the injuries that he's had. But, I mean, he's expected to come back at 100% this year. Uh, and, I mean, he's been a stud on the defensive side of the ball ever since he was drafted in the Colts in the second round uh, of the 2020 draft. I mean, he was a first-team All-Pro his very start of his rookie year. Uh, I mean, if he comes back 100% ready to go, this guy is going to be arguably the best linebacker in the NFL this year. And then at the number one spot, uh, for me, there's honestly no debate, but it could be for you guys. I have Fred Warner. Uh, I mean, the dude is just an absolute beast. He can play in pass coverage. He's a run stuffer. He's got size. He's got speed. He's literally everything that you want. And he can play a perfect matchup on even the best tight ends that are in the league. I mean, there's you always have the game. It's going to be a nightmare. You have to watch out for it. Like, this can do everything you need on the field. He will be a nightmare, just like your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. Like I said, I feel like there's one name I would have put in there that I did not see there. Um, but I'm going to start yeah. off with number 10. I put Trayman Edmonds from the Bears. Uh, I think he's a genetic freak when it comes to linebacker. He's played five seasons in the league, and he's only 25 years old. That's yeah, insane. Okay. He still has a lot to work to be done, and he's so young already. Um, honestly, it, I think the thing he needs to work on is his decision when it comes to run versus pass plays. Yeah. Um, but he is a beast in coverage for a while, for, for a while now he has been. Um, he has a physical and tangibles to be a top five linebacker. He just needs to work on that quick decision making when it comes to reading the offenses. At number nine, I'll have TJ Edwards, his teammate from the Bears. Edmonds, newly acquired teammate. He had a great season leading the top defense in the league in tackles in Philadelphia. He was consistent. I don't have him that high because I think he benefited from a great defensive line, arguably Absolutely. the best defensive line in the league, and arguably one of the top secondaries in the league as well. However, as an Eagles fan, it was really nice to see an actual quality back, a consistent back, someone you could rely on there to actually make some plays. He was great in reading and processing against run plays. Um, he was He's a little bit more of an old-school back, though. Uh, he's, he not, he's not very fast. He's not really that great in coverage, but he could stop runs. He could fill gaps. Um, I think that actually will pair really well with Tremaine Edmonds, who I said is the complete opposite kind of back. So it'll be very interesting to see that aspect of the game for them. I think with the young Bears team the way it is, I mean, you could be looking at some really good defensive play from those two just because I feel like they really go well with each other. At number eight, I have Dre Greenlaw from 49ers. Keep in mind, this will not be my only 49ers linebacker on this list. He's part of probably the best linebacker duo in the league right now. And again, he compliments Warner so well. He can, He's one of those ones who converted from safety and has elite speed at the linebacker position. He helps the secondary in coverage with athleticism. And, and he lets him get more creative when it comes to defensive schemes. When you have a guy who's so fast, who used to be a safety, who can come down and cover on different coverages. He can play man-to-man against your faster receivers. It really opens up, especially for mm-hmm. a Fred Warner type back and for that defense to yeah. do what they want to do. Um, he, and really, you know, this defensive this back duo reminds me of kind of like a faster Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis in the, in yeah. the Niners. That was insane, yeah. At uh, yeah, number seven, and this may be high. This may be a hot take. I have Bobby Wagner. Um, I don't have him as a top five linebacker anymore. He had now he was rated as a top linebacker last year, but I feel like he's had some dip in production. 
Now, granted, he's arguably one of the best linebackers, mm-hmm. not the best linebacker that we've seen in our generation. Um, yeah. Up there with probably with like Luke Keekley, who we got to see. Of course, Luke Keekley doesn't play because of his concussions. Um, but he's a great back in coverage as well. He is great at stuff and runs and blitzing as a middle linebacker. He has great off-ball pressure. And if you know what off-ball pressure is, give you a little short detail for all of you guys out there. When he does blitz, he he helps pick up different linemen. So the yeah. defensive linemen can go ahead and get around to for the sacks. It's almost like an assist for sacks. Um, I don't again, I just don't think he's top five anymore, but still a great backer. It's gonna be interested what he is doing in Seattle. He's back home. Um, that's a really young defensive team. Yeah, they have a really young defensive team, and it'll be good to have an older veteran who knows the system with them, right? Um, and, and a leader in him too. Great, and I think they're missing a lot on defensive line too. I don't think they're that great of a defensive line team, no. but I think they'll be a pretty good coverage team, especially adding him back in there. I mean, even when they had the Legion of Boom, though, man, that uh, they didn't have great D line play. They had no. great oh, that's linebacker secondary, dude. Play. Yeah, yeah. Oh but my there God. was no, there was no defensive line great, play there. It was great all coverage secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at number six, I have Demario Davis from the Saints. Now, this may be a hot take. A lot of people see him as a top five. Um, I have him just outside of there. Now, maybe I'm just knocking him because it just seems like any linebacker who is part of that Saints defense has had really good teams in the last decade. You have Monte Teo, who came in there and did well. James Laurinaitis, who came in there and did well as well. Um, and he's had some pretty good defensive linemen in the past couple of years as well. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I won't knock that because I feel like a lot of good linebackers have good defensive linemen. Like I said, I mean, we say you're talking about Fred Warner, that defense line's crazy. Uh, TJ Edwards, that defense line's crazy. Um, but I think he, I think he has become pre more on like he's become more honest and disciplined when it comes to reading a defense and has done well mm-hmm. for himself. I think he's a little bit more lackluster in coverage. Um, yeah. but I think he, for what he does, what I think a back should be able to do a linebacker, true linebackers, reading the defense, hitting holes hard, getting yep. there before the running backs gets there and just being a, the tackle. being, a, yep. yeah, making the tackle and being a disruptor of the defense. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like the, sometimes the biggest thing you can do is not make the tackle, but set somebody up to make a tackle, yep. fill the hole, yep. make somebody bounce to the outside, and then yep. you have somebody who's there for him. Um, I yep. he's I think I'm I'm a huge sucker for that kind of defense. Um, I love gap control defense, gap disciplines, um, and he's elite. Yeah, you love level. gaps, huh, buddy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. my favorite, my favorite yeah. store. Yeah. I shop at the Baby Gap. All no, 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 never mind. <laughs> <laughs> at, at number five, oh. I have. <laughs> At number five, I have Roquan Smith. Now, now, people may cite a dip in numbers from him being too high on my list. Wow. Especially at a top five position. Um, however, so just to clarify, you do think where you think Roquan Smith is better than Demario Davis? I think so. Okay. I think okay. so. Right now, I, I think, think that's so. a good argument there. It can um, be, yeah. I mean, the Ravens defense uh, yeah. is a better defense than the Saints, um, yeah. for sure. But yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of his dips in number didn't have much to do with him. It had much to do with that Chicago defense not being that good. Um, now, he has a little bit of an issue when it comes to overcommitting on run plays. It makes him vulnerable in RPO-type situations, play-action pass situations. Now, maybe now that I'm reading this out loud, maybe I should bump him up to five and have DeMario Davis up at six, considering how horny I was in gap discipline. Um, however, he is an amazing coverage defender when he stays honest, I think he's a top five linebacker and has the mental capacity to read 
offenses and may jump even higher if he gets more consistent and staying honest. At number four, I'll have the person I think Christian missed this one is Matt Milano from the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think he's the perfect prototype other than like a Brian Urlacher for linebackers who switch from the safety position. Um, When he started, he was not a great run stopper, but he has made honest improvements and great strides within the past couple seasons to be an elite run stopping linebacker. You know, no one really gave him the nod in his own draft class because he came in with Trayman Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the premier back in the league, but he's proved to be arguably a better back than Edmonds. And arguably, like I said, I think he is a better back right now. He has great reaction time and run pass and even RPO plays. He's great man to man against tight end and running backs as well. And doesn't sacrifice his coverage for run plays. And that's a really big thing in this league, especially how much of an air raid league we have. Mm-hmm. Um, at number three, I have Shaq Leonard, the artist formerly known as Darius Leonard, is an absolute monster of a linebacker. Real he, quick, real quick, real quick. Did he officially change his name yeah. to? Okay, yep. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My fault about confusion. No, you're, you're fine. I, no, you're fine. I, I, I think it's weird he changed his name, but whatever floats his yeah. boat. Um, right. The only thing holding him back, and honestly, I thought about making him at five or six, um, is his trouble with injuries. He can't stay yep. on the field. However, if he plays, he's a remarkable back. He's arguably top three, maybe even two. He is very hit or miss sometimes. I like to refer to him as the Trayvon Diggs of linebackers. Uh, sometimes okay. he risks he risk, uh, getting burnt and everything for bigger plays. He tries those big plays, big rewards. I think the one thing that we need to touch on here is Gus Bradley is now the head of that defense for the Colts. And I think he will strive. We saw what he did with uh, Oreke, right? Okereke? Oreke. Okereke. Yeah. We saw what he did last year with him. Mm -hmm. I think Gus Bradley's systems allow for those linebackers to be a little bit more free. So if he wants to overcommit, he has some help in the back to do that. Uh, Number two, I have Levante David. I was surprised okay. how high you had Levante David. Um, I'm a big Levante David fan. Not just you mean how low there. I had Devonte David. I had him at the four. Low, I yeah, it, the numbers confuse me. But uh, yeah, but he happens. You're the one with the college degree, but numbers are right, right, right. Right, right, right. It's yeah. FSU. Oh, Fifteen university. Let's... Dude right, is amazing right. at reading offenses. Okay, okay, he's amazing at reading offenses and was the backbone of the great Bucks defenses in the past years. He is a quick back. He ran a 4-4-40 and like coming out the combine. He has yep. elite speed with a cognitive ability to read offenses amazingly, which is dangerous. You're that fast and can read whether a pass or runs going to come. He yep. isn't a great in that that great in coverage, though. He's quick, but isn't great in coverage. Um, that's why I don't have him the number one back, but he still has great speed that can help cover. And he again, I think he's one of the great um like offensive-minded, uh, well, defensive-minded, but can read the offense as linebacker. Right. At number yeah. one, I thought it was obvious, um, Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner, he's an absolute dog. His ability to not only stop dog. the run, but being elite pass coverage is one huge reason I have him at the one spot. He was playing Tampa 2, and he was 1-1 with C.D. Lamb, and he's keeping in stride on a seam right Yeah, That's absolutely yeah. insane. He he's a baller, dude. He's he a beast. A, yeah, he's a great ability to shed linemen trying to get to that second level. You know, if you can disrupt any lineman going to the second level, you're going to screw up a whole run play. Um, and he's the backbone of a 49ers defense who's arguably first, second best defense in the league. Um, and so I have some honorable mentions want to put out. I have Nick Bolton 
honorable mention, I have Eric Kendricks from the Chargers now, who went to Chargers, really good backer. And I also have C.J. Mosley, who I think can make hefty strides this season if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I like that yeah, list you nah, got. I like that list. There. Yeah. Okay, bro. Okay. Um, Look, do you want to fucking be me? Like, jeez, so, bro. <laughs> so I got I got number ten. I got Traymon Edmonds. Uh, I mean. Okay. Do you want to be David? Jesus. Well, that's what Christ. like that's what I'm saying. We pretty much are in agreement on most of this. Uh, twenty five years old. Uh, I think he could be one of one of the best in the league if he makes you know some adjustments. Um, you know having having Edwards there is really going to help him boost to be able to play the way he wants to play. Uh, you know, and, and obviously Edwards is, uh, you know, a veteran going to help him out there. Then at number yep. nine, same team, TJ Edwards. TJ uh, Edwards. We saw right. him in Philly case. And I mean, dude is remarkable at filling the gap, the run gap. I mean, he did it all too well last year. Loved it. Loved him there. Wish we could have kept him. Just couldn't pay him that money. Um, very traditional linebacker, and I, I do like traditional linebackers there. You know, the Bears have arguably the second-best linebacking core in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's going to be tough to defend. Uh, then at number eight, I got Roquan Smith. The only reason I have him at eight is he's still a little inconsistent to he, – he's inconsistent, and he still lacks the discipline to fill holes on run plays. Um, if he can get to that point where he can do that, he's going to be arguably one of the better ones in the league. Uh, but his ability to cover the pass is amazing. Uh, that's what keeps him in the top 10. You cut, hold on, I'm sorry. You cut after me. Who was that again? I'm sorry. I heard everything. Roquan, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Rogaine. Roquan. Wow. Something I need. Uh, then I got Drake Greenson. Greenson, sorry. Uh, converted safety. Obviously going to help in pass protection. Um, takes who is I this mean, are you serious are you are you cutting out right now no you said you said green saw you mean green law green law green law niners oh okay yes. okay, 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 okay okay um okay. 69ers you I said mean, green saw bro i'm look i'm big on the names i didn't know no, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, see it yeah. we'll see it in post so uh yeah, yeah i know i know what i said now that i'll tell you you know it really <laughs> adds speed to san fran in the secondary along with you know, taking pressure off of another player. I'll mention a little later. Uh, number six, I got Shaq Leonard. I wanted okay. to put him. Wow. Higher. I wanted to put him li- higher, but you know, the ability for him to stay healthy is really going to be an issue. Um, and like David said, he fits that Gus Bradley's off our defense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't wait to see what he can look like. As long as he can stay healthy, he could, he could be a top three hundred percent, but his inability to stay healthy is going to be the issue there. Then at number okay. five, I got Matt Milano. Um, like David yeah. said, I think the best converted safety to linebacker in the game right now. Um, you know, he, he's going to be the best cover linebacker in the league. It's going to be hard for anyone to really do anything with him cover-wise. You know, his issue, I don't know what he's going to look like, you know, in the run game, but pass protection is going to be a key factor for him. Number four, I got Bobby Wagner. He's still an explosive linebacker at 32. Dude had 81 solo tackles last year. And what I will say, playing with Seattle, it looks like their secondary is getting young, um, but they yeah. look good. They're a good right. young secondary. So I think yeah. that's going to help him really go out there and still contend and be a top five linebacker. 
If it wasn't for Sauce Gardner, Trick Willen would have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. I, think. Yeah. I believe. I believe. But um, I mean, Sauce was on another level. But yeah. Yeah. And then at number three, I got Demario Davis. Uh, okay. One of the best finding the gap and filling it. Uh, mm-hmm. Knows where to be That's at me. all times. He's super disciplined and still pretty quick. So, uh, I mean, he uh, it's kind of hard to argue with it. Yes, he's on the Saints, but it's hard to argue that. Number two. Levante David. Yes, he's an older older linebacker. You know, it's crazy that we call him old when he's only like 32, but right. he's one he is probably the most disciplined linebacker in the league. He knows pretty much any play that's being run, which is crazy. Like he knows how to read defenses. Um he's just the commander of the defenses, I would like. To, I mean, he's just he's he's a stud. He's a huge captain, knows what to do. Obvious choice number 1. We all have it. Fred Warner. I mean, dude's fast. He fills gaps. He pretty much can do whatever he wants on that defense. And, you know, and like I said, having, having a green law there is, is huge too. It's going to really help him go out there and uh, do whatever he wants, which in for any offense, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry that that's just, that's tough to, to cover by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you're, I mean, what's crazy is, you know, Niners are going to have the best linebacking core, and Chicago is going to be right behind them. And uh, I think Chicago might might be a team to watch out for. I mean, we, okay, we've been, and we kind of been both saying, I mean, all of us kind of been saying Chicago's a team to watch out for this year. I, I had them just missing the playoffs this year, as our, pre, our previous episodes have said, but it's only because they lose a tiebreaker game that I have them missing the yeah. playoffs. Hey, the fact that you have a tiebreaker game in there is is crazy, but yeah, I mean, it, for them to be the second best linebacking core, I mean that that's saying something. I mean, I feel like they were kind of lacking that last year. Um, they were lacking a little bit of defense in general, but um, yeah, that yeah. that's crazy to me. It was really when I was looking at it, I'm like, man, that's that's insane. So that's gonna get us into our NL All Star starters. Christian Goldilocks, what do you got over there? Yeah, buddy. Um, I feel like the NO honestly was a little easier than the AL for me. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Okay, but uh, he's gonna pick all Philly players, so be prepared. That's what yeah, my right? ballot was. That's what my ballot was too. In all honesty, but sitting here uh, at the catcher spot, I'm gonna go with Sean Murphy from the Braves. Uh, he's posting a 287 average right now with 42 RBIs and 12 home runs. Also with great play coming from behind the plate. Uh, I mean, the guy's playing really good baseball right now, doing everything that you could possibly want from a catcher. Um, and because of that, he's earned my spot. I know. Baseman, uh, I feel like for me, it was very obvious. Uh, Freddie Freeman from the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, what more can you honestly say here? The guy is more or less the top five player in the league right now. He's batting a 324 on the year with 46 RBIs and 12 home runs so far this season. Uh, the guy's the guy's on another level, and he's consistent with it as well. I mean, he's, he just continues to play great baseball. Christian, who's your honorable mention for catcher? I had to throw that out there. JT. That's a JT. homer pick, but that's probably who's going to be on my ballot just because it's a Phillies player. Well, you're. I feel yeah. like you're missing one, but I'll bring it up later. Yeah, he's missing his. I mean, if, his if, dad. if you're talking about uh, catcher from the Dodgers, Will Smith, my dad, obviously, right? He's his father. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, dude, dude, Will Smith, dude, Will Smith's been playing well this year. He has. He he he. he has been I would. He's got rid of his knee problem. I'm still gonna go. Yeah, right. I'm still yeah, gonna go with fine. Sean Murphy one way or another. That's cool. Second base, uh, I feel like this one at this point right now isn't really even an argument. Uh, Luis Alvarez from the Marlins. I mean, the guy up until wow. a week ago was batting a 400. Like, that's crazy. Uh, he's now currently batting a 383 RBIs. And may I also say, though, those 33 RBIs, he only has two home runs on the year. So he's hitting the ball. He's putting the ball in play. Like, he's producing with more than just home runs. I mean, the guy. The guy's just playing out of his absolute mind right now. Uh, anybody who has a high batting average over 320, I mean, they don't even have a shot for the batting title because this guy's playing so well or hitting so well, I should say. He's he's really screwed Otani over <laughs> for the triple crown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for shortstop, I'm gonna roll with Xander Bogarts. Uh, he's batting only a 265 on the year with 24 RBIs and seven home runs. But he's been playing decent ball as of late, uh, and he's not everything that he once was, and we knew him beforehand, but he's still playing at a high level at the position, and he's playing better than most players in the NLR at the shortstop position. So he's going to get third. Ryan McCone uh, betting at 278 with 41 RBIs uh, and 12 home runs to go along. And he's had great, great play in the field this year. Uh, I mean, for me, I feel like looking at the NL when you're talking third base, He's the easy choice for me. Shout out Alec Boehm. Ah, stay healthy. Maybe you be here, buddy. And in the outfield, in no specific order, because I realize that's how we're doing this, uh, I'm going to roll with Corbin Carroll from the Diamondbacks, batting a 305 average with 38 home run, or 38 RBIs and 15 home runs on the year. Uh, this guy's been incredible, doing everything you could absolutely want. He's been great in the field as well. Multiple high. And- oh, that's a bad one. Oh man! Oh, it lagged out hard. Well, that was like I ten. Se- that was like ten seconds. What all did you hear? We just oh. heard who you heard who you picked. We didn't hear the reason why. Oh well, I just Corbin Carroll's batting a three or five batting average, thirty-eight RBIs, fifteen home runs on the year. The guy's been amazing in the outfield with the play. I mean, there's a highlight reels worth of plays that. He's made so far this year, and adding on to it all, I mean, the guy's a rookie, right? He's he's playing out of his mind, and he's a fucking rookie. Like, you, I, for me, I personally love to see it. I really do. Next outfielder, uh, and this guy, in my opinion, is probably the leading candidate for the NL MVP, is going to be Ronald Acuna. Uh, he's batting a 325 average, 45 and 50 runs. He is on absolute fire he's doing everything he could possibly want uh, and he's showing what he should have been by the end of the season before his injury last year and we all knew Acuna was a star and he continues to play and produce like a star should sitting at the three spot in the outfield I'm gonna roll with Nick Castellanos uh, I feel like there's been a lot of disrespect towards him especially within the all-star balloting or all-star voting ballot but uh but, I mean, he's one of the best outfielders all right now, batting a 315 with 43 RBIs, eight home runs to go along with it. He's playing crazy. And in the past month, he's batting over a 400. He's one of the hottest players in baseball right now. 
and I feel like he doesn't get the looks for it. As Philly <laughs> fans, we get to see that. But that's my only Philly on this list. There's no bias to it. I just believe Nick is one of the best outfielders in the league and certainly a top three outfielder. So who's playing left field and who's playing right field? I'm assuming Cunha is playing left field. I think Acuna's be at center, but maybe they have Corbin. I'm about to say, center. I think I'd probably put Acuna in center, throw Corbin in left, and put Nick in right. I think that's how I'm going to roll my list. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't know we were just going to pick three outfielders, but that, all right. That's I mean, how that's the all-star what, voting goes, though. You yeah, just choose outfielders. They don't go by position. I hate it. I mean, they kind of just assume if you did can you, play one position in the did you pick you a ball. Did you pick a DH and starting pitcher? No. You make a DH? I had, to, I had to be done by six, so I was cramming time to get it done by six, and then lo and behold, yeah. sounds like you're cramming You started at like 11 today. No, I didn't. All right, dude, I told you. I had, bro, I had a total other things in my mind, bro. If you had to pick a DH right now, who you pick him? For the NL, Bryce Harper. I mean, batting almost 300 on the year. I mean, I don't really know where else to turn with it because I can't think of anything else that comes straight to my mind, but Bryce Harper always comes to my mind. Great DH, great player, amazing guy. Bryce Harper, DH, easy. Okay. Go. Good job. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll pick the starting pitchers for you. All right, David, what you got? Yeah, so um, at catcher, I'm going to have my Uncle Will Smith. Um, he's batting 293, 10 homers, 37 RBIs. However, he does – I think he's in second place to Sean uh, Murphy from Atlanta – but also, Elias Diaz from the Rockies is doing really well. The really close race, so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, first base, like you said, I think it's obvious it's Freddie Freeman. He's on a tear this season, batting 324, 13 home runs, 49 RBIs. He's even added nine stolen bases. Look at him go. Ooh. He terrorizes in Atlanta season after season, and he right now sits just four hits away from career 2000, which is crazy. He has hit 295 or better in his last seven seasons, and he's looking to make that an eighth season batting 324. Um, the only person people have tried to make an argument for is Pete Alonso because he leads the league in homers, but he's hurt and also he's batting 227, and he only has three more RBIs than Freeman does. Uh, numbers at the second base, so I have Luis Arias. Um, I don't think this is even close at all. Dude's batting 388 this season. It's absolutely insane. He's 63 batting average points above the person in second place. Um, he adds on two homers, 33 RBIs, but come on, 388, that's crazy. It's hard to beat. Yeah. Now, here's yeah. what's a shame to me. Bryson Stott isn't even in the top five in ML, in a in a voting right now for second baseman, which makes no sense. You know, he's batting 296, seven home runs, he's 10 top stolen 10. He's top 10 in batting average right now in the NL. Yeah. yeah. Him and Castellanos are both top 10, but, like, they've gotten no help yeah, whatsoever. No respect. Um, I, mean, I think he's better than Nolan Gorman, Miguel Vargas, and Jeff McNeil, who are top fives in the vote getting so far. At the McNeil's third base, only namesake. Yeah, a lot of those are only namesakes. Uh, third base, I have Nolan Arenado. He's batting mm-hmm. 276 with 15 homers and 48 RBIs. Um, I really wanted to put Austin Riley in it, but Arenado's just a little bit ahead of him. Um, when it comes to batting average, um, we will see how the last two weeks are. Cause I feel like it could change from now and then at shortstop. I have Orlando Arcia. Um, this one was really, really close. Cause I was also thinking about putting Matt McClain from Cincy, Matt McClain from Cincy's batting 324, three home runs and 15 RBIs, but he's only played 31 games this year. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to give it to a guy who's only yeah. played in 31 games. Um, now even Arcia has only played 51 games, but through those again, 341 <laughs> average with 
I've missed the home runs and 25 RBIs. I think right right now McLean's at a better pace than RC is. I just don't think he's played enough games for me to pick him for the All Star game. You know, to account as MLB leaders in any stat, you have to account for three run or three at bats a game. Yeah, it's like three point one at bats mm-hmm. per game. Yep. Which is kind of funny if you think about it, if a team is just absolute garbage and gets no hit the whole season, they technically none of their stats are count. No. Uh, oh yeah, because only be three. They won't get the three point one. That's rough. Um, so in the Why outfield, um, I'm going to stay Ron Lacuna Jr. Again, I agree with you. I think he right now is probably my leader for NL MVP. Um, mm-hmm. He's batting through 25, 15 home runs, 45 RBIs, yeah. and has 30 stolen bases. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude's on pace for a 30 homer, 70 stolen base season, and he's a great, great at defense too. He covers a lot in the outfield. Um, yep. After that, I have Nick Castellanos. He's since he's my second choice. He's on fire this year after the year after the Queen died. So thanks to her. Um, on a serious note, he is batting 315 with eight home runs and 42 RBIs. But atrocity happens when he's only ninth in vote getting for the outfield. Again, it's a huge popularity contest, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and he's I mean, he's top five in in um batting average right now and still not getting any respect. Yeah. After that, we're going to have Corbin Carroll. I agree. Uh, he's from the Diamondbacks. He's my last outfield spot. Dude's batting 305, 15 home runs, 38 RBIs, and 19 stolen bases. He's looking good, and I think he deserved that spot. Um, and then DH, I have Bryce Harper. Bryce is batting a 296, three home runs, 16 RBIs. He's hitting well. However, he hasn't played that many games this season, which is why I could see J.D. Martinez getting the nod over him. Um, regardless, he's batting around 300 and is a big name coming off an elbow injury that we thought we weren't going to see him until after All-Star Week anyway. Yeah. Um, and so... If we if we would have even seen him before playoffs, realistically. Right. Tommy John surgery. And luckily, he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the starting uh, pitcher spot, I was between two, but I went with Zach Gallon for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I um, like I that I was pick. really close to picking Spencer Strider. However, Gallon is 8-2, 100Ks, 2.96 ERA, and has only walked 19 people this year through 91.1 innings pitched. He's playing out of his mind. I think Strider's a close second with a 7-2 record and a whopping, I think he leads the league with 127 strikeouts. But he has a 4.12 ERA. That just bumps me just that much down the list that I would have him second. At the closing position, I have the Reds' Alexis Diaz. He has pitched 29 innings and has a 1.86 ERA. He also has 18 saves, but more importantly, zero blown saves. Um, set, close second would probably be Camilo Duvall from the Giants, who has a 1.99 ERA and 19 saves, but he has blown two. So I like I like my I like my closers having zero blown saves in the year. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll all go with our, our closer there. Um, I didn't pick a closer. I, I picked the starting pitcher, but I didn't pick that. Um, starting off catcher, I'll go with my brother Will Smith. Can't argue it. 293, best batting average as a catcher. Hard to argue it. I do want to say shout out to JT. He's been hot lately, but I mean, his defense, his defense is great. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to pick JT Um, based on performances. It has to be Will Smith. Um, First base. I wouldn't wouldn't say has to be like, he makes a good argument with uh, the dude from the Braves. And like I said, the guy, it's a very close race, I think, between those top three. I I mean, he's got less home runs and less uh, RBIs. Yeah. Sean Murphy. 
I don't know, man. I just like Will that's Smith. That's why there. I think that's why I look, I, I like the pick for Will Smith. That's why I just believe that there's an argument. That's why for me, I'm rolling with Murphy. I like the pick. I know, but you Will said Smith. you wanted to go JT over over that. You said your your second I mean, yeah, would that's, be JT. That's, dude, that's yeah, that's, that's five, of course. My second for everything but, is Phillies. <laughs> but first base, can't argue it. Freddie Freeman. I mean, yeah. he's batting at 324. Uh third in batting average. OPS is 958. Uh that's that's fifth on the list uh like that second base same thing Luis Alvarez batting at 388 I mean that's that's crazy uh best batting average in the league don't need to say anything else about it it is unfortunate I would love to see Stott out there um playing the backup position but he's just not gonna get the votes unfortunately his name's not there and that I really think that screws up a lot of stuff uh shortstop I got Trey Turner um Jesus what? Christ. Yeah. And I'm saying You're this. High. You whored me and for listen, the Mike Trout pick last I wanted week? I want to pick Xander. Xander by far is playing better than he has, but Trey Turner's gonna win it. He's gonna win a popularity vote. He's gonna get the, the shortstop. I don't know if he, he's even top five in votes. You right don't now. think so. Um I think he's nah, a better I defensive. He I, think I think he's a better be defensive five. player than Xander, but he's just not his bat's not there this year. Um third base, I have Nolan. Arondo or yeah, Arenado? Arenado. Sorry, good grief. Wow. Sorry, guys. My yeah. eyes are atrocious. Dude's like a top, like a 10 time gold glove. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, his literally. defense, his defense is good. He's batting at 276, uh, 15 home runs. You know, he leads all NL at third base on that. Again, I would say Alec Bohm. One, he was he's not been healthy. Two, he's not even playing third base this year. So you can't really give him that that bid at third base. Um, outfield. I know you guys picked three different outfielders. I did at position, so it's a little different. I got yeah. left left field. I got Corbin Carroll, uh, batting yeah. at three oh five. Hard, hard to, hard to beat that with an OPS of nine seventy five. That's third in the league, uh, along with nineteen stolen bases. That's that's yeah. pretty commendable. Yeah. Um, center field, I got Brandon Nimmo, and that's off of center fielders. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. Dude's batting 287. It's best of all center fielders. Um, I would love to pick Marsh in center field, but he went into a huge slump. Yeah. So it's really, it's really hard to bring him in there. Right field, obvious pick. Acuna Jr. Can't beat it. Uh, dude has 30 stolen bases already this year, and he's yeah. batting at 325. That's second best in the league. It's, it's really hard to, <laughs> to argue with that. My DH, my <laughs> DH, and he's not a DH this year, is Nick Cassianos. Um, you have right. to give it to him. Based, he's number six in the league in batting average. He's hot. He's on fire. His defense isn't that great, in my opinion. It's okay. I but... think he's looked pretty good defensively. Yeah, I think he's looked very good ever since yeah, the playoffs last year to right now. That's, but that's what we've seen. But based off of the position, there are some better outfielders that are better defense than him. But his bat alone should get him at DH. Um, starting pitcher, I went with Marcus Stroman. Okay. Um, best ERA in the league with the 245. Uh, it sucks he's with the, the Cubs. I mean, yeah. he's he's an 8-4 and four record, and it doesn't show. Uh, he should be better than that. But fun fact, uh, or trivia for you guys, Um. Where is the best starting pitcher for the Phillies ranked, and who is it? 
Uh, it's probably going to be... I don't know, David. Take that I'll away. go seventeen with uh with uh Walker right now. It's Zach Wheeler. Is it Wheeler? Okay. At thirty two. He, he is uh he's bat he batting. His ERA is at three point four eight, and I believe he's at seventeen right now in the league. So I got the number right. I'll take um, that. Um which as a starting pitcher, as a team, that is not that is not good. That's not gonna get it out, get it done. Uh, six and four record though. Blame it on the bullpen, hundred percent. Uh, uh, the the amount of games where he like like I said, the one game he he didn't get a he didn't got a no decision for a game. He had a no hitter through seven innings pitched, exactly. and the relief guy lets up the freaking tying run. And as soon as he gets pulled out, absolutely exactly. ridiculous. But I I will say um when we started this, I think I had Wheeler when I was talking to you guys. He was the best pitcher for the Phillies, and his ERA was a 4.27. Um, so he's starting to come around. Granted, it's not totally his fault, but he's yeah, starting well, to come around. If you look at the Phillies stretch they have him right now, um, I believe they have like a 1.58 ERA through their like winning streak they've had so far. Or like in the yeah. month of June, it's like a 1.58, and they scored five points some odd runs. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's solid. Yeah, so it's not bad, but... uh. Guys, that's going to get us into our Certified Baller of the Week. Ooh, Christian. <sighs> Fuck, I knew I was missing something. <laughs> God. This, we uh-huh. we have our own solo segments. I have my Gone in 60 Seconds. Nick has yeah. a solo. No, you have two of your own solo set. We gave you two. We gave you two. That's how. That's how special you are. Yeah, so fuck. special. He uh, can we uh, can we edit this out and come back to it so I can find we a will not. Baller? No, we need you. We will publicly baller. shame you. We need your oh. certified baller right now. Just come up with it, dude. Just real quick. My certified baller. Okay, all right. Let me think. Who did something throughout the week? Who did something throughout the week? Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking get it. Um. There's at least two. Oh baseball. my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I got I got I got oh I got I got to find his name. I got to find his name. We got to find his name. Okay, we got you. Got five seconds, and then we're getting rid of it. And David's gonna be the new certified baller king. Oh, I don't want. I don't want that. That's One, Christian's thing. Two, three, four. Okay, my certified baller for the week. Oh, that's just not on the spot. It's going to be Lance. <laughs> gonna be lance lynn for the chicago white Sox. uh he now just came out this past week and he threw 16 strikeouts and that is now tied for the franchise record for the chicago white Sox in the most amount of strikeouts pitch sadly it came just a week too late or a week and a half too <laughs> late because i chose 15 strikeouts just the other week so but lance lynn comes saved in a you week the dress. later yeah <laughs> yeah literally it would have saved me the freaking dress but a week later, Lance Link comes in. Shout out to him. I mean, 16 strikeouts in the game. That's a huge accomplishment. That's something that's, you know, not a lot of pitchers I can, can say that they have in the MLB uh, environment. So, shout out to him. That's my certified baller of the week. Love it. And now, David, I, now I, oh, I, David, do you have a, uh, honorable, honorable mention? mention? Yeah. I do have an honorable mention. I love it. Always and, you know, part through. of me wanted to say the Siegbert family households baseball teams because the Reds and the Phillies have been doing so great the past couple of weeks. However, my certified baller is probably the definition 
of a baller. The GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, is going to yeah, be my certified was, baller. That's a good one. That's he a good sold one. the Charlotte Hornets majority stake this past week. He bought that stake for about $180 million. And I just heard 250 it. I, I, I've seen different numbers. I've also seen 275. Um, okay. But he's, n- nonetheless, he sold that for $3 billion this yeah. past week. Now, if yeah. you go by my numbers, and I said uh, I saw 180 million is what he bought the Bobcats for, that's almost 17 times the amount he purchased the team for, which is ironic because Nick thinks he's also about 17 times better than LeBron James. So we can add that. We can add that. In there. I mean, but he is, right? No, th- this, oh. this is a great increase. So, I mean, this is probably one of his best financial decisions since he made Space Jam. Um, I mean, yeah, think about it. When he was able to change the name, that was a huge help to him. I mean, they got their name back. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I, I think that really helped him. And, dude, he's smart. He's a businessman. Like, you can't dude, argue he, it. I mean, turning $180 million, First of all, I mean, or could be 250 nonetheless. Granted, not a lot of people have $250 million just in there, but to be able to turn that to $3 billion within like 15 years times or something, or however long it took for him to, to get that. So what did, what did he, times it by 10, basically? Is that what I'm... Like was if that if what we're I'm going by 275, you're still like 10... I mean, he's still That's like unreal, 10 unreal, dude. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, I who, who, you think, who you think made a better investment than him or Mark Cuban? Well, I mean, Mark Cuban has a lot of other stuff that he owns too, though, because he's <laughs> uh, he's a mobile. yeah. But he bought he bought the he bought the Mavericks for I want to okay. say around the same hey, price. Let me let me put it to you this way too. There was a movie that came out about Michael Jordan and Nike. You want to talk about that not being an investment? That's true. Dude signed a yeah. a lifetime contract, yeah. and now just like his Nike sales alone is like a billion. It was over what was it Reebok or Converse? Uh, it was no, it was Adidas and Converse. Adidas were the two Adidas that were in. That were in the question. Um, if yeah, you haven't seen them. the movie, air great movie, guys. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, you watched the documentary it. Final Dance? I didn't watch last that, dance. No. The, the, last, last, oh, dance. the last dance, great. yeah, I did watch the last. Well, when he said final, I didn't know what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah last yeah, dance yeah, was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great, it was great. But that's that's gonna get us into deflated baller of the week. Yeah, uh, same thing, gotta find a fucking deflated baller. Boys. You and you and go first, Nick. Um. Yeah, I can go first. I was gonna segue it into another segment, but oh, I, oh, I can go first. My then. my deflated baller, Ricky Fowler, and I'm sorry, he had a great showing in the first three rounds, led it the entire way through. But come on, Ricky, I know you haven't been on that stage in a while, but you can't go out there on the final round and shoot a plus five. It's not gonna get it done. I mean, I was... you just. It's so depressing. That's my favorite golfer. And that's, I mean, it's just depressing. You can't go out there and shoot a plus five. If he would have shot, if he would have shot even par, he would have been tied for the lead. But he didn't. And that's just what's unfortunate. He went out there and shot plus five. I get it. Jitters. I know. But that's why he's my deflated baller. Yeah, I I mean, I almost doubled down on that. I wanted to say Ricky Fowler for collapsing. I had him winning it. He was leading for three days. I was so close to my hot take. He played well, uh, he, but he played well overall. That's why I didn't he make did, him my deflated yeah. baller. Um, I wanted to say the Suns because I think they screwed themselves with their trade. Yeah, wow, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So my deflated baller is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. They went from first place mm-hmm. to third place in the NL West in two weeks. They've lost six of their last 10 games and are five and 10 in the month of June. They've lost three of four series. The only series they won was against the White Sox, who was not a good team. 
with the talent they have and the payroll they have, there's no reason they should be playing that poorly, which is why they're my deflated ballers this week. They're they're playing like they started the season right now. They they were hot there for a little while, but now they're starting to come come down on it. I do like that pick. Christian, what you got? Yeah, my deflated baller of the week for me personally is gonna have to be uh Josh Allen and the entire Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, and the whole reason for that is, is you now have your, I mean, I guess second star offensive player in complete controversy is if he wants to play on this damn team or not. You have to figure out how to incorporate him and get him the ball. We all know at this point, wide receivers are divas, right? They always win the ball. They always win the ball, always win the ball. But I mean, Stefan Diggs is easily a top three to five wide receiver in the NFL. I think we can all agree to that in my opinion. And this is the guy that, that, I mean, bro, if he's telling you he needs the ball more, right, and every time you've given him the ball, it's produced, you can't get, You got to go back to continuing to give him the ball. And now you're looking at a situation where his relationship with Josh Allen is ruptured. His relationship with the Bills is ruptured. Like, this is a guy that, that your entire offense almost circulates around. If you don't have him, you don't get the same production for Josh Allen. And so right now, I mean, seeing all the outcomes coming out of it, I think the Bills are going to take a very hard hit if they don't figure out the entire situation with Diggs. And so because of that, they're my deflated baller for the week. Uh, the way I look at it, though, man, Josh Allen came out and said, I love this guy. I want him here. So, like, you know, I think he did. He said the right things. Um, I agree. Stefan Diggs, you know, he he's not 100 percent there right now. Um, yep. But again, he did come out and say, like, he's ready to get to it. Um, I I don't think it's going to negatively affect them too much. But I, think I think it will. But I think I think it's bringing it's shining light to the NFL and giving them a little bit of drama before the year starts. So you know they're really going to bring in the Buffalo, or are they going to be a contender because Stefan Diggs doesn't want to be there? Oh, here's here's what I'm going to add to that. Yeah, I understand you want to give the the hand the ball in the hands of your playmakers. But Josh Allen's issue has been turnovers, so you don't want to start just forcing to get the ball to Stephon Diggs. So that's not really on Josh Allen. I mean, you have to look at the coaching staff, your offense, according to your play callers. Like, what are they doing to get the ball in Stephon Diggs' hands as well? Because, mm-hmm. like, we, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the podcast. Allen's biggest issue is the turnovers. turnovers so yeah. if he's going to – we don't – I mean, if I was the Bills and I saw that, my – Goal isn't going to be okay, but just give it to Stefan no matter what. Because as good as Stefan Diggs is, he's not a go up and get it kind of receiver. No, he's, he's a not. get he's him a in route open runner. space. Yeah, he's a route so runner. Get him 100%. some routes. So you can't just, you know, he's on AJ Brown. You can't just throw the ball up there and expect him to catch it. So you have to be more uh, strategic about how you give him the ball. Yeah. So I don't think that's much on Allen. I think it's going to be more on the Bills' offensive schemes to see how they're yeah. going to give him the ball more. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, exactly. I completely agree with that. Um, but that's going to get us into subpar segment. U.S. Open finally finished. I mean, shout out to Wyndham Clark going out there. The dude literally said he's going to play cocky in the final round. He shot even par, but the dude took some risky shots in the final round. And I, I, I love to see that in the U.S. Open. That rough was thick. You get into that rough, you're done. Um I will say shout out to Tommy Fleetwood posting a minus seven yesterday to get him tied for fifth in the U.S. Open. The dude went out and balled out. Um, Again, I I touched on it a little while ago. Ricky Fowler really, really kind of hurt my soul there. Um, But also Cameron Smith went out there. The dude was making some crazy putts, man. 
uh it was really hard i was kind of rooting for him on that but just didn't get it done he finished on on fourth on that but again Wyndham clark shout out for you saying even keel against some of these contenders like rory and scheffler and you know playing i know fowler went out there and didn't play that well but all these people in the contention and he went out there and played your played your heart out what you laughing at david I just absolutely crap my pants and Brooklyn like, <laughs> Brooklyn, like better... just sat there and stared at me. Hey, I don't know if David. you realize I don't know if you realize this. If you look behind you, you have Deadpool's arch nemesis behind you. Look. Ajax. Oh, watch out, bro. Watch out. Um, so that's it. But let, let's let's talk about a little NBA. Look, just a little. Just touch on it a little bit. David, what you got? Yeah, so um, there's two things we want to touch over. First, we'll go with the John Morant suspension. Um, Morant was suspended for 25 games for breaking the conduct policy. This is his second offense doing the same exact thing within a month of each other prior to that incident. Um, now, I probably in the minority of people who think that this was too low of a suspension. I think he deserved more time for it. And they basically just gave him a slap on the wrist. Now, I understand it is not illegal to carry a gun, but it was a second offense for doing the same thing in less than a month. He gave this giant apology, and he said, I'm so sorry, and I would never do it again. I have so much to lose. And he does it again. He's the yeah. face of your franchise. He's arguably one of the faces of the league right now. And the businesses have both told him, hey, you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. They sent him through a program. It's not acceptable. And he did it again. So it's just like he's, it's a habitual thing at this point. I think he deserves a harder punishment for it. I mean, especially for it being as close in proximity to the last incident he had. Um, this will really teach him a lesson. But I mean, I guess when you talk, money talks, uh, he, he's one of the faces right. of the league. So yeah. I'm not going to have him missing that much time. So the right. way I look at it, I mean, I said he needed a 20 game suspension. They gave him 25. I mean, it's close. I, I like it. I think it's fair. Um, I, I know it's against what they were saying, the gun laws, what the NBA, you're the face of the NBA. It's tough. Um, but I think, I think 25 seems a little fair in my opinion. Uh, it's kind of hard. It's not like something he's doing that's illegal. Yes. He's not supposed to do it being the face of the NBA, but I mean, 25, I think that's a, that's a pretty fair number for him. I don't. I'm kind of torn here. I think 20 to 25 would have been a fair number. Uh, had he not come out with a humongous apology pleading, oh, I'm so sorry. It's not going to happen again. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to better myself. I understand. Like, So he, he just came out and blatantly lied on open on open TV to just make yourself sound better. I mean, dude, I, like, I don't know. I think, I think honestly, in my opinion, a half a game or half a season suspension would have been more fit. I mean, dude, you're going to come out and – and and what and plead for people's forgiveness just for you to in less than a month go back and do it again. I mean that just shows entirely that your first sorry was complete bullshit. And how do I know to trust your second sorry? Like you either learn from it right here, right now, or you don't. Yeah, I mean he got a quarter of the year, so it's not like crazy. I get what you're saying though. But what's the more interesting thing now is the NBA has uh, started that rule this year where you can only miss a certain amount of games to be eligible MVP. for MVP and for all NBA. So now because of this suspension, he won't be eligible for any of the postseason um, rewards. So yeah, that's, right. I mean, that's you a big loss that too, especially if, yeah. especially if it's like a, if he has a contract where he gets incentives, maybe that he yeah. just did lose out on a lot more money. So I don't right. know. Yeah, and Let's let real quick touch base on that Beal 
Paul trade. Yeah, dude, they sign, they finalize that deal. Um, you know, Bradley Beal goes to the Suns. The Wizards get Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, multiple second round picks and some pick swaps. And I think this was a terrible deal by the Suns. It was. I, I'd argue D minus to maybe an F if I had to grade it. You know, you you just picked up a ball heavy guard and got rid of a facilitating guard. You know, you already have Booker, you already have Durant, and then you also have to pick up Beal's contract now. Yeah. That is a hefty, a lot. hefty contract. I don't know who's going to play point guard for them. Um, the Wizards, I'll give them a B because they unload a giant, terrible contract. Now they have a veteran guard in CP3, so if uh, Kuzma and Porzingis need that, they can. They got a decent three-point shooter, Shemet, but more importantly, they have their future. They have more picks, and they can yep, even yeah. use CP3 to add on some more picks later if they don't want to keep him. Yeah, yeah I, I, say, I heard. Oh, you want, you want go, to go? Go ahead, buddy. Nah, I heard. I heard. Uh, CP3 is going to get re-exchanged back for the Clippers. I think that's what. Uh, that's what I'm hearing a lot of. They're hearing that they're just going to turn him and send him right over to uh, LA. We're going back to Aliyup City. That would be an yeah. interesting team with Paul George and Kawhi over there. Yeah, and they also have Russell Westbrook. So that's pretty. That's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one unless they're getting rid of Westbrook. He's been kind of a the journeyman uh, now. Uh, yeah, he's been kind of a yeah. problem everywhere he goes ever since he left. So OKC. the playoffs came around. But they were pretty decent I, in the playoffs. I will say, man, uh Suns, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. you're adding another shooter that you don't need to add. Booker's gonna want the ball. Durant's gonna want the ball. You don't need another person Aiden's that's gonna still want there. the ball. It's just you need someone that, like you said. Chris Paul facilitator is going to dish the ball around. Um, yeah. DC won in this. I mean, they, they, they're building their future. And when they, it, their name was called, they, they, they're looking at a team that might be the, not the next, like trust the process. They get in there. They end up being a decent team in the future, but come on. No son. first round picks yeah. out of the trade though. Kind you can't, yeah, me. but but there's only two rounds, so like, and they, and they got a bunch of capital. Like they have so yeah, many trade yeah, swaps right, and so many right. second rounders they can use for future. Exactly. Ones. So I I think I think it really really helped DC in this one. And the Suns, dude, I I know you I know you want more players there and more names, but you did it the wrong way. Yeah. Who they, but who, how are they gonna pay them? Like uh, they're like Beal has a. I don't know. A terrible Huge. contract. It's Huge like contract. what? It's like forty eight. It's like forty eight this year. 49 next year yeah dude 50, it's like 50 mil a year one. yeah yeah it's it's, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, i don't know what they're gonna do um uh i would I will say, i'm glad the sixers didn't trade for him so glad oh, me the too didn't trade me too him. no 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 yeah it's um uh, that's i just think the sixers mean. are about to ship out Embiid though no uh, they keep saying I, they're I, not. I, they keep saying he's untouchable so yeah we'll see yeah, well, until he becomes touchable. So I'm for it, honestly, at this point. So uh, a sign and trade with Portland. Ooh. Oh, I think I think I think we get rid of I think we do sign hard and I think we trade hard and I think I think we trade Embiid. Wow. Wow. I don't see that happening. So that's gonna get us into our last segment of the day, our hot takes of the week. Christian, what you got? I think the Phillies are going to sweep both the Braves and the Mets at home this week. They're going to go for six straight dubs. Stamp it in the fucking books right now. Here we go, baby. Philly ball is alive, boys. It's a lot. I I can't I can't do that. I can't do that. That's 
That's a lot. That's a hot take. What? Hot take. The only thing about that too is that even if they did end up sweeping the entire like week, they would only gain three games from the Braves. Isn't that depressing? Yeah, they go on this tear the last what 13, 14 games. Yeah, they're and, uh, 13, they're like 13 the last for the last fifteen, and the Braves still are thirteen in the, their last fifteen. They're still on the same spot they were the the before they started this streak. Which Braves have played shitty teams though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, grant. I guess, like, granted, you can think about it this way: like, we're getting up in the wild card standings. So true. We're yeah, look, we got back. a wild dude. We got a wild card spot last year and went to the series, baby. Get in, and you can figure it out from there. The way I look at it, with the Dodgers, man, I think I think we've beat the Dodgers more. So if it comes down to it, the same record, we would take that spot for them. There's still almost a whole half of baseball. To play I, know, too, I, know, so. I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying as of right now, if you can go off of that. Yeah, so um, I guess my hot take of the week, um, something we haven't talked about. I guess we didn't touch on it too much, and maybe we'll touch on the next next episode. Who knows? Um, we had the NBA draft coming up. Now, there are going to be some crazy deals being made, I feel, and I wanted to get really hot, and I was going to say, oh, Spurs don't take Victor Wimbanyama, but I feel like that's I feel like that was too hot. That was too hot to touch. Um, I think that's probably a lock. So my hot take is that the Suns aren't done making some deals. Now, Dallas needs an impact big man to help him with Luka. So my hot take is that the Suns and Maz are going to make a trade at that 10 spot. I think Dallas receives DeAndre Ayton, and I think the Suns will get the 10 pick, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, and Javal McGee. Um, I think what they'll end up doing with that pick is they will pick Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky, Reason why they need a point guard now, they need a facilitating defensive point guard, and he is a good defensive and facilitating point guard after losing CP3. So I think wow. that is going to be my hot take. A lot of deals, a lot of deals. Wow, I like that. Tony Mandel. I like that. That's, uh, wow. That, that's good. That's a good one. Um, my hot take, Pirates are going to be in first place in that division by the end okay. of the week. Um they're playing the Cubs and Marlins, which Marlins have been a commendable team this year. Um, but they're also, I, I just think the Pirates get done. To mention, Brewers are playing the Diamondbacks and Guardians. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to get it done in either one of those series. I think they're going to lose both series. Uh, and then the Reds are playing the Rockies and Braves. Yes, they could beat the Rockies, but you're going up against the Braves. I mean, they're a great team. But for the sake of the Reds, please for the love of God, please beat the Braves. Please sweep the Braves. The I would Reds, love to see it. Listen, the Stay Reds, have, the Reds have won their last eight games. Yeah. They just swept the Houston the Astros. Astros. Yeah, bro. And they're up yeah. two. They're up two zero through two innings against the Rockies right now. So, well, Rockies are a fucking poverty team right now. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. MLB shaping out to be pretty good so far. It's pretty close in a lot. Do you of, think Dana Cruz? Uh, well, uh, never mind. Corbin Carroll's Corbin Carroll, Carroll is going to win Rookie of the Year. I was going to say you think De La Cruz has a shot for Rookie of the Year. But he does. He does have a shot. Yeah, I think I, he no, has I'll a look, decent shot. He, when he's hitting, he's hitting well. It's just he strikes out so much. So, like, I think last time I checked, his batting average has already fell a good amount. Um, he's batting a two sixty seven now. And he just he just strikes out a good amount. I think he just strikes out a little bit too much. Is my so then I think concern. I think right now then the obvious candidate is 100 Corbin Carroll. I just don't think there's any question. Yeah. Corbin Carroll falls off. He's played a yeah. full season of ball. 
yeah yeah no i i would i would say right now but i mean you can't you can't i mean argue two, with dude, that. two three years from now i think taylor cruz is going to be a humongous name I, you know i got a guy that's in the candidate or for mvp and things like that like i think it's going to be a big guy you know big name yeah. player here soon but He'll just need to see some more, some more yeah. league at bats. Yeah, like yeah. he used that pitching, and his his speed is absolutely ridiculous for as much power as he has. And yeah, like, yeah, and has. But I will say he he's not he's not faster than our boy Trey Turner. Trey Turner's got the wheels on the baby. Yes, sir. No, Dude, De La Cruz. Dude. Fastest, bro, fastest run from home to first this uh, like last week, dude, in the season this year. What are you talking I'm, about? I'm sorry, man. De La Cruz is fast. De, De La Cruz They're beat out a grounder to first base this past week. I yeah. know, I've seen that. And that's I've not the that. first time he's, he's done slid. it already. Yeah. Dude, he's quick. I'm sorry. He's fast. Um, All right, boys. But that's it. Yeah, that's it, they guys. Called, they actually called Nick De La Cruz in bed, actually. It's kind of weird. Oh, dude. Shout out Nikola Jokic for being the only person in the NBA that uses the NBA as a side job. My boy's definitely a sports betting or or horse race betting guy. hundred hundred percent of the way through. Oh, dude doesn't give a fuck he, about he He's actually horse. just using he's using the NBA to fuel that. Actually, that's exactly yeah, what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, he don't exactly. give a fuck about the NBA. The only yeah. guy to make NBA is fucking side gig, bro. That's crazy. And he's still gonna go down as one of the best players to ever yeah. play. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's. And funny. he doesn't he doesn't give any he doesn't even care he doesn't you know what no. I mean he doesn't give a fuck. No, absolutely not. Yeah, love that dude. He he's a baller for sure. All right, guys, we'll see you later on this week. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Listen up, let me introduce to you the highlight taken podcast. We bring the heat is true. Hosted by David Nick and Christian, that's a crew. They drop knowledge and hot takes at the sports IQ. We dive into the game from hoops to grit iron, analyzing every play like we was the champion. With witty banner and humor, we keep the fun. HD fam, we always bring the number one.